You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right. What's up, people? We're garden reporting it. We're doing it. This was bad. This yeah. was bad. Yes. We so lost bad. all the momentum. What happened? You know what, John? Well, you're your starters, too. Yeah. There's only so many times you can go to that second well and actually get something that works. I mean, think about it. This was, I think, like the, what, the sixth or seventh time in, like, their last six or seven games where they trailed in the fourth quarter. And usually they found a way to win. But ultimately, it's going to catch up with you. Yeah, when you're in crunch time and it's Tremont Waters, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Tristan and uh, Tatum, those the likes of them, it's not it's not going to be a good night against many teams. And the Bulls, they faded fast this year since that trade deadline. They were declared winners there, but they still have enough offense to get this done. And the Celtics didn't tonight. I thought that was what killed them. Turnovers, biggest of all. You were pointing them out down the stretch, John. Tatum sloppiness with the ball. Tatum Everybody's. Yeah, everybody's, frankly, in that fourth quarter, undermined them so badly. And Chicago got sloppy, too. That's what allowed the Celtics back in it. Uh, but overall, ball control continues to be a problem for this team, particularly when Kemba Walker doesn't play. He had been a big part of turning that around this month. So they missed him a lot tonight. Uh, they've outscored opponents by, I think, 12 points for 100 with him on the floor this month. So he's been critical yeah. to everything they've been doing, and they missed him a ton. Let's just spend the rest of the time bashing Grant Williams. I'm just kidding. I didn't, we have to. I didn't think you. I'm was just kidding. We're not fast, doing yeah. that. I'm not. It's just. It's. It's hilarious that the chat is already filled with Grant sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I was getting that in my mentions too. <laughs> it's. It's. No joke. It's ninety percent Grant Williams right now. Uh, look, this is what happens. You're out three starters. You know, you hate to make excuses, but they're out three freaking starters. Um, and that's the and, show. And both. <laughs> and both of their point guards, like. You know, Pritchard, you know where they lost this game in the third quarter. I mean, it was a it was a real crap first half to begin with, but they could have, you know, what are you gonna do there with that second unit, that second unit offense? Holy wow, you know, like they were like, you take it, no, you take it, you know. But then in the third quarter, when your starters got beat, 
that was the problem because you knew you had to get into your bench. They actually got a spark off that bench. Tremont played his best game in ever, um, you know, with uh, with some of the stuff that he did and his energy and his defense. Romeo was outstanding on the defensive end. Uh, great defense. Great defense all night. He finished once. Again, that three-pointer's not there. If, they're, if he's going to be there in the wing, he's got to be able to knock those down with some regularity. That's got to come. Jabari again. Um, yeah. So yeah, they eight did, points, 60 minutes. Yeah. But that third, it's just having an off Tatum night. I know he finished with the triple double, um, but that just they needed they needed like big flex starter games tonight, and they didn't get it. You know, from from those guys, it, it, you can't have Tatum have this much of an off uh, off night when you've got this many guys out and expect. Um, you know, expect to win. It was, I mean, three for 17. I mean, Jesus, he goes five for 17 and they win the game. I mean, that's just brutal. Obviously Jalen did have it going. Uh, he just wasn't in, I mean, he just wasn't involved enough again. Um, it feel like, I mean, how many, how many points down the stretch there in the fourth quarter was Jalen not getting the ball in his hands a lot, but I just, uh, yeah, Tatum just had a rough, rough game. Tatum plays even a little bit better and they probably pull this one out. Yeah, and, and Tatum was actually due to have an off night like this. I mean, when you look at just the way that he had been playing, not just really good, but exceptionally good, like top five NBA player good of late. So for him to have an off night, no surprise there. Uh, and and Jalen Brown, again, another night where you, you end the night thinking what could have been. He made his first six shots. He was in a great flow, great rhythm. And then once again, there were those lulls where the ball just didn't find him. And I I don't think that's so much on Jalen. To me, it's just recognition of who's got it going and who doesn't. Uh, I think Tatum realized that I'm not, I just don't have it tonight. I can't make shots. So I got to do other things to help. And yep. he did that, rebounding and assist. So I, I have no issues with his play because he found he did his other best. ways to contribute. He was cold. No. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know what's my biggest need... disappointment? My biggest disappointment was Pritchard. I, I thought he looked lost again with the starters. I know he hit some shots, but out of place defensively. Brad was getting on him like crazy a couple of times for positioning on both ends of the floor. Uh, I, again, it, it worries me that he's looked really good this year to some degree, but when he jumps up to that starting line, it's a massive fall off a clip from him, it feels like. And again, that final shooting line looked good. But just watching him throughout this game, it didn't look like he was uh, in the flow of things all that well, the way he needed to be offensively. And you know what stuck out most to me is the amount of times when he was running the offense that they weren't able to get the ball to Tatum and Brown. Like him, Sammy, Romeo in particular were black holes in this game. Yeah, I mean, Romeo, again, in that that critical possession late, he had those two uh, where, you know, I mean, he missed the but, open shot and then he missed the, the follow up. Yeah. And he was short, short on the follow. But again, the ball not to touch Tatum or Brown's hands again. It's just, I, again, I, I I hate going back to coaching on that one. But again, roles. Okay. If you're wide open like Romeo was, I guess it's okay to take the three there. I'd still rather early in the clock work that around to somebody else. But you cannot have a possession where Tatum and Brown don't touch the ball late in the game. You can't have it. I mean, five. You just can't have it. And they had a couple of them. And that's just perplexing to me. And I know Tatum was ice cold, but like Romeo's not out there to score late in that game. You know, he's, he's not. If he grabs an offensive board or he gets, you know, uh, he, he, you know, he, you know, he backdoors somebody or something and you can get an easy shot. Absolutely. But he's not there to look for offense. Um, so just a perplexing, uh, 
you know, uh, down the stretch. They really never got into their offense at all. You're right, Pritchard. It yeah. felt like it felt like they never got into their offense at any point in time on the, in the night. This was a game for all the Kemba haters because when Kemba misses the game, a guy like Jason Tatum is cold as ice, and you see the final score of this one. These guys could not buy a basket tonight, and this was a game that if Kemba Walker plays, that's less time for Pritchard. That's less shots for for uh, Tatum, who certainly couldn't, uh, you know, wasn't on tonight. And maybe they're getting better looks because. You know, listen, when Kemba Walker's out there, he commands a lot more attention than a Pritchard does or, you know, whoever else is, you know, Waters or whoever you want to put in there. So a uh, tr- little bit of a trickle-down effect. I will say I liked that even though Tatum was off, he found other ways to contribute. I mean, triple-double tonight, you know, you, you don't want to s- just sniff that away. Um, so credit credit for that. Um, and I agree. I, I think even Ainge alluded to the fact that, like, Brown was barely involved. You know, when Brown hit that big three, and I think Ainge even said, like, you know, you know, a guy that wasn't involved recently and, you know, he comes in there, hits a shot. Uh, Pritchard hit a shot right up, right coming off the bench, which I thought was huge for them at the time. I know, I know that, you know, that doesn't make up for the first three and a half quarters, but uh, I did like the way Pritchard sort of stepped up late in that game there. And it was just too little too late. Um, you know, I'm not going to, we can't forget that the Celtics were without two of their starters. So three. obviously this four, three, sorry, Rob, too. So, yeah, I mean, that's huge. And I mean, Fournier, four of their top six players. And Fournier, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, uh, I mean, it's really hard. You, you, it's, you, that's you, a yeah, huge hill to climb. You can only really criticize them to a point without being like, well, I guess technically, like, this shouldn't be that big of a surprise. That's what but, I mean. They were they were Jason Tatum having in, uh, just not miserable, just a bad shooting night away from winning. You know, like, again, three for 17, he goes five for 17 or six for 17, which is still a terrible shooting night, and they win. So uh, you, it is hard to get really mad about it. But real quick, Bobby, did you do a video tonight on our YouTube channel saying that the Celtics might have won the Daniel Tice trade? I'm just, No, I didn't say they no, might have won. but I feel like I you just... did because I feel like that's what the title says, and I just wanted to check. <laughs> what? <laughs> Delete that video right now. Delete, 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 delete. My, my point was it felt okay. like going into that trade, they got nothing. But they got something of use. And again, that first quarter run for uh, for um, Luke was awesome, I, I thought. He, you know, con- contested shots. He got that bucket inside, and they never went back to him. He actually had some positive minutes there against yeah. Chicago's bench unit, and they got I, away I from will- him, which... I was bummed about. I will put my Luke Cornette slander on the bu- top shelf to, for now because he did <laughs> way more positive things than I've seen him do. Uh, that dunk he had on Markin, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that was like, that was like a legit NBA power dunk. It's, it's, like, that, Brad, it's like Brad just wants to flash him, you know, just just show a tiny little bit for the world to see, and then he just pulls him back because the world can't handle Luke Because Cornette, he knows that flash is all – that's all you're going to get. That's <laughs> all you're going to get. Give me the flash. Get back on the bench. We're good. We're hey, again, good. that was my point. That was the point of my video. The fact that they got something made me feel a little bit better about that because when the trade happened, it felt like they got absolutely nothing between Mo and him. But I think, I think Luke can be a third-string contributor for this team and a solid one at that. Well, usually if you're going to your third-string center, that usually means you've got some injuries or inconsistent play. It's usually not good when you got to lean on him. That's bad. Um, that's bad. When the you third have a lot of time to assess, when you have a lot of time to assess your third-string center and your fifth <laughs> and your fifth point guard, that's bad. You know? <laughs> when, when, guard. We're, when we're assessing Tremont Waters and Luke Cornett's contributions, 
eight minutes into a post game show. Bad. Uh, this is all I'll say about Cornette because I'm not going to get another minute for him for the rest of the show. Yeah, you are. <laughs> We're going to do a lot of Cornette tonight, buddy. If you can go to him for 10 minutes and get a solid 10 minutes like they did, that's a win. And I that's what I keep saying. He's a I don't know he's a rock a solid, solid bench contributor. I don't know if this was they a were solid positive 10 minutes. minutes. I'd go like maybe three or four. I felt really good about. Yeah, which is which is an upgrade, which is an upgrade for him because usually if he can give you more than two, I think you're doing well. I give him four. <laughs> I give him four. I I thought he's been solid in just about every game he's played in so far, so that he's impressing me, <laughs> and I want to see it continue here. Yeah. Uh, Bobby okay. Bobby loves Bobby loves overvaluing like the worst players in the team and then criticizing the best <laughs> players like cough Rob. Cough. That's just yeah. what he does. He has to like baby them and coddle them and put on kid gloves when he talks about them. The expectations are the lower. Makes him feel it makes him feel better about himself. Like, oh, well, here's why actually Luke Cornette is the MVP of the team. Let me tell you why. It's like, no, remember, not moving remember on. Remember what Brad said. Brad, Brad said we've been eyeing this guy for a long time. We've had oh, our eyes geez. on him. Yeah, and, Brad, on and that was why it took them damn near this long to get him because they're watching him What's, and they're like. What's yeah, funny is the, get him. anyway, as we were saying, the Fournier trade was literally just a big elaborate setup to get Cornette. It had nothing to do, nothing to do with Fournier. The long con, the long play was getting was getting Cornette in here, and he did. And 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 kudos to Danny for that. Um, I do want to mention to people again. I didn't um, hear enough uh, are, Cornette commentary from Danny in the booth tonight. <laughs> uh, I do want two things. We need to mention uh, uh, locker room. Okay, it's happening. You see the little fancy scroll we have at the bottom? Um, join us. Download Locker Room on the App Store. It's 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 where to be. It's where to be after, not just after the game. This is where to be after the game. Locker Room is where to be, where after, to be? after this, the, the, the after party. Um, so we got to do that. Uh, go to the iOS store, download it, join us there. We're going to do what we always do, which is... Uh, Go hang out, listen to you guys, uh, get you talking a little bit. Uh, you guys get to ask us questions. It's a ton of fun. Uh, we had a, a you know uh, you know big big massive turnout uh, Saturday, both for the post game show and for locker room. Uh, so as many everybody's welcome. We'll try to get to as many people as we can. The more of you in there, the longer we'll hang because we want to hear from as many of you as possible. So come join us after locker room OT, uh, guys. Other stuff on this game. Um, anything else stand out to you here? Are we running a ticker? We yeah, we it? just did. Yeah, we just did. What do you think wow, of that? Up, Jimmy. What do you think of that? Up, Jimmy. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good, right? Jimmy John podcast down there. Jimmy John podcast in development. I... That's on the ticker. <laughs> it's um, somewhere buried on the ticker. Yeah. Uh, my uh, only other thought out of this man, game is Thad Young. That, that was a guy we talked a lot about Your guy. early yeah. in the season. He's a, he's a nice contributor still this deep into his career. And Definitely looks like he could have helped some other teams. I don't know where Chicago's going to go from here in terms of playoff. They're right there with Toronto at that 10 seed. And since that deadline, all their lineups have been losers, whether it's Vucevic, Levine, anybody they put out there, they've been losing like crazy. But Thad Young is the guy who settles it down for them in those bench units. They dominate his minutes. And they did it again tonight. He was a nice playmaker. I thought he might have been the best all-around player on the floor tonight. And that was no. a guy a lot of people and in the Celtics world dreamt of. A guy that you didn't want. 
guy that you didn't no, want. No, he's impressed me as a bench guy so far. Now, Vucevic, of course, did all their scoring, certainly. But Thad yeah. Young, he came in and you know, locked down defensively, made some plays for other guys, scored inside himself, too. I just I thought he was a nice settler for Chicago. And if they end up missing the playoffs, that's a guy that's a lot of the contenders are going to be like, I wish we could have had him. Yeah. We're, the I mean, Thad Young part, been... we're the Thad Young portion of the show already, by the way. Six of 12, <laughs> wow. three assists, two steals. Look what, look and, what uh, we've done. We, we've checked off all the boxes to lead off the show. Cornette, If Dad Joe Sway Young, was here, he'd be very excited. That missed? was really his guy. All the big names. I love Joe Sway. Dad Young, Cornette. Yeah. Trim on Waters. Good. I guess we can just go over to the locker room app now. <laughs> Do we want to hit on Tremont? Yeah, go ahead, Bobby. You go. Oh, God. I'm just saying he – Oh, I, want, felt you, like I he, want you to do it. I really want you to. It felt like he could have been cut. He was Bobby Cam, three months Cam. Go. Yeah. Thursday was an absolute disaster. He managed to almost blow a 27-point lead with Mo Wagner and the likes out there. Wagner, of course, did not survive the trip. I mean, he thought Waters wouldn't either. But he comes back here as the game of his career. Probably won't mean a ton because hopefully you're not down your fifth-string point guard, as you said again here tonight. But it was nice to see him. Salvage the moment. Eight minutes, nine points, couple steals, deflected about three or four balls. I was blown away. And I heard Sherrod on that final finish in the lane going full court, impressed as well. I, it's going to be tough to get you guys to say something positive here, but I know Sherrod liked that one. He just hasn't played, he hasn't played well? No, he's not. I mean, there's a difference between guys who are bad players and guys who are playing bad. Tremont, to me, is a good player who's just playing bad. You knew at some point he would have a good, decent game, <laughs> and he did. But Mo Wagner, I just think he's a bad player. Yep. And apparently, so do a lot of teams in the NBA. Was he, he was so, a Bill starter. Einstein. Mo Wagner was a starter, right? He started and played 30 minutes in a loss. That had to be Brad Stevens. No, 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 no. I mean, for Washington. Oh, at one point, yeah, I know he did after starting, but I went down probably. Yeah, yeah, when there's an injury, yeah. Uh, what'd you guys think of Jabari tonight? What I expected, I can... he, he got you some points, made some that defensive dunk. lapses. Shades of Gordon, uh, I, I he to me, the highlight for me was seeing him deflect not one but two passes, uh, which means he really is trying to play defense. Yeah, I felt good about that, I felt really good about he, that. Yeah. Um, he's just going to be a guy to get you buckets and hope that he doesn't kill you at the other end of the floor. I think that's best case scenario for him. I think so. I think he, uh, why, like he shouldn't shoot from the outside. Um, he no. really, he's really got to do all of his work going to, at the rim uh, and down low. I, mean, I, I don't, yeah. I don't want to see him pull it. I know he did, you know, an open three. That's fine. I, it's obviously not his game, but I agree. I want to see him working for buckets down low and at the rim. I think he can do that, um, and I think he can help. I'm just, especially on a team where you got a bunch of guys who are really good from the perimeter. Yeah, you don't need that. I, I think if he does what he's supposed to do, you'll live with the defense, um, defensive issues. They are bad though, and again, you see guys come over as at you know, and they they. Oh, well, he can't play defense. And a lot of times I'm like, that seems to be – I always think that's a choice. And I think, you know, Brad can get a guy to play defense if they buy in yeah. and, you know, they get it. I don't think Jabari's ever actually going to be capable of playing uh, decent de – I think you're just going to have to live with it. 
Yeah, I don't think the buy-in is good is the issue. I just think it's physically not. physically he can't, he can't do it. And it's so yeah. strange. Like he really his stance is bad. All He's of it. So he has the upright. affect. He has the affect of a much, much, much older player. You know, like yeah. he looks like a guy who's well, clinging, he is essentially he has those vibes. A, he looks like a guy who's clinging to his last couple of years of NBA action in terms of his physicality. You it's know, like truth. even though he's twenty six, wily veteran, but he's twenty six. He looks like he's like. 36 38 and like yeah i'm gonna sneak out one more year you know like i and i don't know if that's a matter of physical conditioning or he's just broke from the knees or whatever he was I never think, super, yeah but he's really slow and he's kind of right he's got he's got a ymca sort of kind of you know posture you know i don't know yeah I think that's hairline too. I think you're looking at his hairline and, and seeing that start to go. And but he's still this useful. Guy looks a lot older than 26. But yeah. he is. But here, here's the other thing: it's conditioning. I mean, this guy literally wasn't in the league when they signed him. But even when he was in the league, he was barely playing. You're talking about literal minutes total for the season, like under 20 or something like that. And then prior to that, he's on teams like the Bulls, the Wizards. I mean, these aren't these aren't good organizations to really build something and get something going. And I feel like this guy came in the league, tore his ACL, and never really got his footing after that. And I think that's why, you know, this little uh, relationship here with the Celtics might be the best thing for both sides because it could maybe snap Parker back into, I'm not going to say back into his high school days, but it, it might get him back on track to where he was when he was considered a top prospect, you know? So, I agree with you. He looks like a guy that hasn't played in a long, long time because he hasn't. So this is all getting his conditioning back and getting into the flow of the offense. And I agree. I mean, you don't really want to see him start chucking threes. You want to see him work for it down low. And, and you know, I think he, do, he does have some moves. And he got up there for a dunk today. He looked a little bit like like that Aaron Gordon, like Aaron Gordon. for a second when, when he was flying through the air. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not coming yeah, off I that just the- yet. I love, I love what Joe that, Sway yeah. said about imagining him as a five, and we haven't seen a ton of that yet with him. But I yeah. think when they go with wing-heavy lineups and they want to go smaller and faster and more versatile, that'll be the way to go. They yeah. can hide yeah, him a little bit in the pick and roll with length around him. Uh, we've seen them be able to play shorter guys, and he's about Tice's height when you think about it, six eight. So I think they could play him at five, get That's some nice he... rolling, cutting action, That's and uh, he doesn't. He doesn't to play the perimeter at all in that sense brad said it right out of the gate like we're he's a four he's a four five here you know like he's he's a he's a four and a small ball five this is again you know we talked about closing lineups um potentially if you wanted to go small and we were like well who's going to be the small ball center in this group if you went with jalen jason marcus and kemba who would be the small ball center it well parker probably because the other option is grant and that makes more sense. Um, if that's, said it. Yeah, if right. And Ainge said it in the broadcast. If that's what you want to go, that's kind of your answer uh, there if you want to do it. And you could go positionless with Fournier in there with that five, you know, theoretically. And again, you're not – They have options now for sure. Parker's not a switchable defender, but he's – it's again, everybody's in and around the same size. At that thing, you're going from 6'4 with Marcus, who can absolutely defend – up to the you know you know to like a six eight six nine guy, you know to to six seven six eight six eight six ten. That's an interesting lineup there, and I, I you wouldn't be stunned to see that from time to time when every 
when everybody's healthy, if we ever freaking see it. It's unbelievable with this team. It just can't, can't get there. Yeah, down the stretch, you're looking for mismatches. You're, you're trying to find yeah. what, where can you go. And when you've got Jabari at, at the five, that's a mismatch automatically against damn near any center. Any Now, can he stop them at the other end? Probably not. But late in the game, how many teams are really looking to their, their center to get them buckets? I mean, okay, the Sixers, okay. Other than them in the East, teams are more concerned about getting their wing guys going down the stretch. And so the, technically, you probably can hide him down the stretch in games defensively because teams aren't going to attack him the way they would other positions because their best players are at other positions. So they're, they're, he, like, as Bobby mentioned, he gives them a definite option that has the potential to have a positive domino effect for the Celtics when you talk about switching and interchangeable lineups, particularly late in late stages of games. Yeah, it could be tough for opposing centers to guard him too, so that almost mitigates oh, that, that you know pick and roll switch factor on the defensive side because the other team probably isn't going to have their big out there forcing those switches. So, and again, it's not the end of the world if he has to go out and run to the perimeter. It's not ideal, but he's a wing by position, so he's able to at least be comfortable doing that. Again, I, I don't see him factoring heavily into what they do come postseason, particularly if they're healthy. You'd almost prefer not to play him at all. But he gives them an option here, particularly if they're down in games where they need to get some more offensively oriented lineups in there, uh, get some bench scoring, let their starters get a little more spell run, perhaps with some leads here. He just gives them the option to do quite a few different things when it comes to where they are at certain points in games here. And the way they've gushed over him has been telling so far. Brad seems thrilled to have him here. Ainge obviously has targeted him for a long time. It is interesting that they had a chance to do this for so long, and it's just now. But I'm happy with it. Like There is no risk here whatsoever. And so far, it's been nice upside. None. Like eight well, they've been, they, they've been hesitant to do it in the past was because of the, the cost involved with a guy who struggles as much as he does defensively. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. why they didn't pull the trigger before. Um, but, again, I, I, I believe that Jabari Parker is going to win the Celtics at least one playoff game. He's going to be a difference maker in at least one. And to me, think about it. When you get a guy off the scrap heap like they did, who who is going to win you at least one playoff game, that's huge. That is a huge, huge benefit for your team. That is getting your money's worth. Yeah. Grant's going to win you two, and Jabari wins you one. That's almost a whole series, right? So that's a tricky <laughs> thing here, too. When, when they have Thompson and Rob healthy, there probably won't be center minutes. So you are in that position where Brad has to think, Am I going to run Romeo, Parker, Grant? And that honestly is a tricky decision based on who they're playing there. And those minutes will be important. Those decisions will be important come playoff time. Because if he does based on what you need. situations, yeah. I think, I think it'll be just based well, on what you need. If, if you need scoring at that position, you go with Jabari. If you need wing defender who can, can, can switch out, I think you go with uh, Romeo. And if you need just a solid – defender in the post and you go grant yeah i just wish i just wish parker could knock it down a little better from the outside it is disappointing yeah. um just how poor his outside his outside shoot particularly his three-point shooting is um because that's something he should be able to do uh at least knock down some jumpers but it is uh it's definitely not in his bag it's amazing i mean uh, how it's amazing how little is truly in his bag, considering he was a number two overall pick. But again, he can 
score and he can't score in and around the rim and He's right so now it's like your bench guys are supposed to be specialists to a degree they're if they were great at everything they'd, they'd be starters started. so <laughs> you have to you have to remove the idea of jabari parker the number two overall pick that's supposed to be able to do it all and just say hi joe sway joe sway hey. what's up buddy he made it hey everybody we can't hear you at all joe sway you there? Can you hear me now? No, I can't hear you now, Josue. Let's just look at him. It's just good to have him. Josue. Talk. Let's just ignore him for now. He'll talk when yeah. he's ready. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, we'll speaking just, of Josue. We'll speaking just of Josue. Sleeping Josue. <laughs> speaking of Josue, how about um Josue's podcast partner? Cedric Maxwell uh, was more uh, thought the Celtics may should have should have gone after Selinger over um, over yeah. Parker. What do you guys think of that? Oh boy, that's a tough one for me because everyone knows I love me some Sully. That's my guy. But I know I, I just well, first. I mean, I I think Jabari is a bit more. Um, He's a better scorer than Sully, and I think he's he's both of those guys. I think have have different strengths. But the, the specialist that Jabari is is offensive score. The specialist that Sullinger is is a rebounder. Yeah. I don't know if you necessarily need a guy whose specialty is rebounding over a guy whose specialty is scoring when your bench is the second worst scoring bench in the NBA. So they have a ton of rebounding I, I too. Right, and and the Celtics have been a pretty good rebounding team. If you if you really look at the numbers most of the season, they they don't they're a much better rebounding team than they are a bench scoring team. So I get why you you wanted to uh, to add, you know, Jabari instead of instead of uh, Sully. I mean, Sully is killing it over and and you know overseas. He's putting up big numbers, but you know, so does Shavlik Randolph. Sully still plays so, basketball. Yeah, Shavlik Randolph. Good for him. <laughs> what a name, Jared. Jared Sollinger is going to be the next Chinese star over there. Really? Good for him. He's putting yeah, up he's, big numbers. Didn't, ya, didn't Yabu get uh, deported? Um, like he was in he was in China and he got sent home. Right? Was it like I something didn't happened? About that. It might have no, been no, like COVID related. Something it was like they started and stopped, and then he was like, "I'm." Uh, <laughs> yeah, over the over there, you don't go in protocol. You go home. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You, know, that, you you actually automatic self mute when you mentioned. The Y word. No, right now he's playing for Osvel, which is in the. Right. Add Yabuselli to the list of topics today. We got to him. <laughs> yeah. Joe Sway, anything? They just beat. They just beat Bulazak. Yep. Good well, luck to Yabu. I never want to. I never want to see that. Yeah. Player in the TV Garden again. But I good luck, Yabu, see, man. Surprise his name. Hey, <laughs> kill the Yabuselli slander, man. Dancing Bears is all right with me. He couldn't help it that they drafted yeah. him that high. That wasn't his fault. You it know isn't. what, Sharon? I actually, I actually blame you, along with the other Celtics reporters, for not being hard enough on that guy when he sucked. Yeah. So much, and all was like Yabu, Yabu, Yabu. I, I think, I think you guys are the reason he even got. Got that third year. The reason the sellers are still paying this guy, so I'm blaming oh. this on you. Wow! Wow! Blaming on me. You. Paying Where to go, Stephanie, Jimmy? Well, it, can, does our producer have a Yabuselli Chiron or what? I'm I was. Kidding. I was gonna. A what? 
I was Yab- one of those guys who was high on him at one point. I think I think Yabu's the guy every yeah, Celtics writer is just, is, is just trying to hide their old articles about. Because if you search anybody's oh name with Yabu next to it, <laughs> well, that's a that's an article that writers do not want you calling. I remember actually one one moment uh, specifically. We were at NBC and um, everyone was talking up Yabu and we hadn't seen him yet, right? Because he was he was away for the first year and then he was coming in and you had all of the... That hurt you, him too. You had all of the French dream on green stuff and this and that. And then I remember one basketball writer, Pelt, I forget who, talked about five or six most exciting people of the rookie class. Uh, and in the top five were Zizic and Yabu, you know, and that got a little buzz going among Celtics fans because they weren't drafted anywhere near the top five, but it's like the most intriguing people up oh, Brockton Wi-Fi 1.0 kicking in the one, <laughs> the one, the one G it's gone. Let's go Look back at that. To- That's a nice new addition to the system there. Uh, that was fitting, a graphic. That was a joke. That's a joke graphic by our producer. Um, <laughs> That's but, um, amazing. Uh, That's funny. It's great. That, it's great that Joe Sway was the first one to break it in. But so we're doing a Please segment. I, I I use this as a launching point for a segment on the show about how hey, there's p- people inside the NBA are talking up these guys. You know, Zizic and uh, and and Yabu as big players. And Mannix was on, and I was telling him about the segment, and I was like, yeah, and we're going to talk about Yabu, and, and I told him this writer said it, and he looked at me, he goes. Oh, Yabu can't play. And I was like, what? And they're like, oh no, he's terrible. And I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean? I was like, we keep being told that he's good. And they're like, oh no, and he's he's bad. And he's like, and they know he's bad. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> he just burst, he just burst my bubble completely. Cause I was like, I was buying. I was ready to buy it. I was like, this is so cool. I can't wait to see him. And he was like, oh no, Yabu can't play. Well, uh, he got worse, I he's heard. And that, that, that <laughs> In that in that overseas stash year, that was not good for him. From everything I've heard, it's uh, that's a tough thing where you got to send guys overseas to you don't know where you don't have that conversation, that camaraderie with the club that's developing them. That's why they're trying to push the G League the way it is. Who knows what the G League would have done for a guy like him if they were just able to keep him close in their yeah. system and develop him a little bit. Uh, that's not true, Bobby. Yes, no, I, I don't think I don't think that would be, wait. You sound like you've got the anonymous voice modulator going, but sure, go for it. Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, I didn't even know what Bob was talking about. I just wanted to throw that in there, see if it would go through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, I'm going. No of course, so. just of course just wait, we're, t- we're talking about Gershon Yabusele. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah, just wait, you were at the game. Tell us, tell, tell us what happened, man. Yeah, it's not a combo you want to be in. Man, the the momentum from the Chicago Bulls in that second half and that fourth quarter, even after Tremont went off, still like the crowd was still like, uh, are, "Are we believing this, guys?" And then they got into it, and then the Bulls, the Celtics, just never could get over the hump. And the crowd, I'm I'm a little surprised they didn't boo, honestly. Like there were some parts of this game where I felt that urge, but it never happened. And then it felt like, oh wow, they're gonna lose this game. Everyone just sort of was just sitting there stunned. No one wanted to leave. Jason Tatum was on the floor talking to Durante. Durante's talking to Deuce. Like the entire Bulls team was gone. Durante didn't even care. He's just chopping it up with with, with Tatum mid court alongside uh, Taco Fall. And then uh, they both went their separate ways after that. He went. He said hi to the Tatum family, and then he kept it moving. But to me, the the the, the fans were were stunned as the, as the Celtics. Well, you thought they were going to win, right? They tied it at what ninety? I forget when. What they tied they it at one lead. point. I thought when Tremont's big layup, I thought that was it. <laughs> I thought that was. The, and it was like, like, all right, here we go. Get a stop. Yeah. Just get get a they couple. Took, just get a stop. You know. 
they took a lead before Vucevic hit that three that gave Chicago the lead for good, I think, at 92-89. So that was ultimately the turning point there. Vucevic was really good tonight. And again, in Chicago, he hasn't led to winning, but 22 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 50-40-90 shooting. I don't know what's gotten into this guy. This career year he's having at 30. At 90, that's as close as they got. And then Vucevic hit it two. And that was it. 92. Yep, that was it. You're surprised by that, Bobby? I mean, like, he can do that. He's about that life. Oh, yeah, this year for sure. And he's done it to them a couple of times. But they were able oh, to beat okay. those Magic I thought you were teams. surprised by it. I, I, I'm, I'm mildly surprised because it's, again, he was an all-star this year. One of the hottest tickets on the trade market. And he's kept it going. It just hasn't translated to winning for that Chicago team. And Tice hasn't really either, even though he's put up the same production there with the Bulls. Uh, something's just, ever since Jordan left the Bulls, I guess, it's it's been cursed there because they cannot put a good season together. You think they, and this you looks think like they, it would finally be the one. They missed that Jordan guy, you think? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, they should, maybe they should have tried to keep him a little bit longer. They, never, they just never replaced him, you know, John? It's just tough, you know? It's been a tough 20-plus year drought, you know? <laughs> Maybe they should try to sign him to a ten day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, they, they missed that guy. <laughs> but even even when they had decent teams, so they they found a way. Things just didn't work out. I mean, when you had Derrick Rose, you had Thibodeau. That team was oh, on a rise, and then it just absolutely Butler. literally crashing down. Just like they that. should have been the ones to, to to dismantle the big three in Boston. It should have been them. The Celtics lucked out that uh, that Rose got injured and they didn't have to run into the Bulls in 2012, and they nearly got back to the finals. Eh, I don't know. I'm not giving Chicago that much credit. I think they would have found another way to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> they were a tough out. They were a tough team back then, though, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, they 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 never pulled it together fully, and then the injuries just caught up to them for sure. This we're well, if Rondo didn't get hurt, who we're knows? In the, we're in the mid we're in the mid two thousands Chicago Bulls portion of the show. Um, <laughs> There's a Bulls fan smiling from me somewhere. Uh, he, he's excited about this. Yo, this is what happens, we, guys. We we need to do better. There's a guy, there's a guy who didn't let go of Michael Jordan. You know, he's he's, he's watching. After he's starters out, this is what you end up talking about. It is hard. You're right. It's hard to make something of this game because again, what are you going to get mad about? Tatum had a miserable shooting night, and they're missing four of their best six players. Like it's the game was the game was effed. You know, yeah. What are we going to do? Bash them because they lost with four of their top six guys out like that's stupid so all right oh Tremont though I mean he was one of the few guys that actually played where you're like okay he didn't totally suck tonight I mean is it is it I mean is it a one game well, fluke thing I, I mean th do you think he can I think, do you think he's I th go ahead I think there's a real chance you could start to see him get minutes here and enter that rotation. Wait, and stop. Make an what? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Oh, wow. I'm just Yo, kidding. I, was, I, I got you guys. I believe all of that. I was like, listen, Bobby, I don't know. You're pushing it. 
I knew you're I this, you're this, you're this close, pal. Okay. No, you convinced <laughs> us. You're, you're, you're this close. Bobby's the boys about to jump. I've been waiting for that one all season. I'm like a race car in the red right now. Okay, you don't want to push me. <laughs> even even Stevens was just like, all right, I can't I can't stretch this that long. Come on, Pritchard, get back in there. Come on, Pritchard. You see you see what he just did? Let that motivate you. Get back in there. Yeah. Oh goodness gracious, no. How about Aaron Eastmith? He he still can't impact even on oh, a night like man. this. Huh? There, there may be nothing that makes me sadder than Aaron Neesmith's like entire ah, existence right now. You went on a you went on a crusade early this year, John. We got to see what he's got. This guy we did, and we up. did, and it, yeah. and it worked. Did. Yeah, almost. We had to see what he's got, is... and the answer was nothing. He's yeah. got nothing. Romeo and they more. they were pushing it so hard that at one point Brad was saying we might start Neesmith for four spacing. We might close games with him, and now. He's as far down the bench as you can get. Him and Carson. I'm not going to give up on him just yet. I'm not. I'm not happy with Me what either. I've seen. I'm not happy at all. But I, I. No, you can't give up yet. This season. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Right. Nobody can hear Sherrod, apparently. Uh, hey, uh, yeah. Apparently, no one can hear you. I don't know if it has to do I with I got the- Sherrod. I we, guess we right. can hear him, but the people at home can't. Oh, I can hear him. Yeah, we can, but the people at home say that they can't right now. How about now? Can we hear Sherrod? I hear everyone. That's too bad. Oh, that's not eight, mind, take sorry. my word for it. That's <laughs> can you hear me? That take that he let out was worth hearing. Yeah, why are you, why are you smiling, Jimmy? What you <laughs> doing? What you doing over there? Yo, I, I can I can hear you guys. It's it's the people in the YouTube comments that's saying they can't hear you. So it's a lot of a lot of people saying no on Sherrod. <laughs> We're wondering if you accidentally if he was muted somehow, but it said it only went for like two minutes. Well he's back now. Sure, y'all need to stay out of Brockton, man. Tell these dudes. You can do so if anyone knows sign language, we can just sign language what Sherrod's saying to the people from back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. Nice. I don't think it's something nice. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple. Uh, people are now saying they can hear you. So my guess is that no, configuration, when you put the person over on the far left, is what's messing with us. That's my they thought. Must have, they must have tuned them out, but they're back yeah. in, Sherrod. They can hear you now. Far left. Oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not, but not this year, though. That's, know, the, that's, the, part, that's the fine here, print. Though. You got to ring the fine print. Not this year. Okay.
Still no Sherrod. Still no Sherrod. Sherrod, we're going to have to boot you and come back because right now we are having audio issues. It's, yeah. it's Neesmith. He's got to talk about Tatum or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Sherrod, jump off yeah, and come back, stop. and we'll we'll continue we on stop. a little bit. Yeah. This system's like, are we really hearing four, four even, minute exactly. 001 Neesmith talk? Even the system's <laughs> had it with Neesmith talk. Oh, there goes, yeah. there goes Brockton Wi Fi. Wi Fi, 1G. Hey. We lost it. 1G. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's telling me to mute Bobby now. That's the I'm only good thing about I'm not getting like I'm like in my head, I'm like, oh it does it does look like Brock. Wait, it does say Brock. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, we can't do that. We can't do that. Um all right, we'll Yo, why does John have like the just, uh, like, real quick, real quick. John, John it or something? HD. You got the HD oh, camera, man. John's looking right. John's looking like I got he's the HD. He's gonna, he's gonna hit the set somewhere Dude. that someone's gonna yell he's gonna do John came prepared. Can you guys hear me you now? I'm keeping prepared for this. I'm like, you still can't hear me. I guess, yeah. yeah, they're messing with you, man. I, I can hear Sherrod, but I don't know if I'm about to hop on YouTube and test it out myself. Yeah, I we, think they got we, you. We think we've got. I think they got you. can hear him. Yes, okay. we will continue on. I was gonna say that sounds like a mad <laughs> Celtics fan kind of thing. I will thing not. To do, I will not say anything about a certain player from Vanderbilt. Apologies, but Sherrod was, yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Sherrod was saying something about Aaron Neesmith, and we want to give him his due. We heard it, but you guys didn't hear it. So by all means, Sherrod, go. Nope, I'm not no, going to do it. Nope. Yeah, no, we'll continue this conversation in, in, in this fall. This fall. Okay? Nope, we're done. Season. Stay tuned. Aaron Neesmith next year, he'll be better. That's it. I'm not saying anything more about it. Well, no, the one thing I yeah. did want to say, what Sherrod said, I was going to try to mime it for you guys. Uh, but what Sherrod did <laughs> say... What, what Sherrod, so this is my only concern with Neesmith. And again, I wanted to see him because I thought it was better than the alternatives that they were trotting out there for a while. And then we did see it, and now I don't want to see him anymore. So I I, I agree. Next year's problem. I don't. I, it, it's, it makes me sad. Um, but no, he, what, he needs an offseason. He needs Maine. But Green what worries needs. me the yeah. most is what Sherrod said is, yes, he only played – all of that stuff. He only played 11 college games is definitely something that you could say is why, you know, right. okay, maybe he, you know, he's just lacking an experience. But also I fear that possibly the Celtics were duped by buying into – Yeah, because he had a year before that that wasn't yeah, as good. It wasn't as good. So he comes out and he shoots 50% from three over an 11-game stretch, and everyone's like, wow. That's the he's biggest the, reason. He's the best shooter in the draft. And it's like, <laughs> wait right. a second. That's a very small sample size. If he played 30 games last year you know, or whatever, might you have felt differently? And if you saw him over time, he, he might have been, sure. been a second-round pick. So I'm John, wondering if, if they jumped the out. Year. Yeah, that would that would make a difference, you know. That's my yeah. fear is that that the sample size was so small that they really got duped by uh, people are saying they well, can't think and hear the, me now. He's also the example of a guy who's just a little bit older, has one yeah. skill, not a ton of room for growth. Seemingly, I mean, you can imagine him possibly finding a different role in the NBA or growing a little bit, but ultimately, he wasn't seen as a raw talent who has all this room to grow. He still certainly could, but he was visioned being a guy who was going to impact right away, fit in. He filled a need on this roster, and that certainly could have been a view that was wrong. Perhaps he did need a bunch more development when it comes to dribbling, certainly, playmaking, getting to the rim, those kind of things. Defense certainly was an issue right away for him in this league. 
So there might actually just be too many things for him to work yeah. on in that sense. I'm, I'm concerned about him. I really am. We can do the young guy thing, but he is so ill-equipped right away, yeah. whereas we saw him being fully equipped to jump right in and contribute right away. That that dichotomy there worries me a lot because now all of a sudden we're going to reset ourselves and say he's a raw prospect who needs a lot of time in development. That's what sucks That's about it. Believe. Right. Well, the idea yeah, well, what is he ultimately going to become? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the Celtics haven't been down this road before. I mean, Robert Williams, Romeo Langford. Yeah, I mean, but like- Neesmith was supposed to be ready. Like the, the draw for him was he could come in and help you right away. And it's like it that obviously right, right. couldn't have been further from the truth. Like he's he, – he's – he's a full year of G league away, you know, and then who knows what? So, I mean, you have to hope next year he comes back something different. I blame Um, the draft experts. I blame the draft experts for him because we're all repeating what we, what we read and what we hear. And we're like, best shooter in the draft, ready to come in and contribute right away. He couldn't be less ready to contribute. Yeah. He could be less ready. That's a good point by Joe Sway. When he's out there, yeah, yeah I think it? I'm on a delay. Sorry, guys. No, I'm on a delay a bit. But um, no, I just said that um, who who nailed the mock draft coming into this one? You know, like it was so hard to, to gauge because of COVID, because of, there was no NCAA tournament. You know, like that's where that's where dreams come true, right? Whether it's uh, your season ends in the Final Four or whether you hit the final shot that's going to get you into the league or, you know, that, that, that push, that huge performance for some guys is to make or break into the first round yeah. or the second round of the draft, you know? Few rookies have thrived this year either. So I think that's something people can take solace in. You're not looking around the league saying too many things about people who, oh, they missed this guy, they missed that guy. We haven't really done that all year, frankly. There are plenty of guys who went ahead of Neesmith, so the Celtics certainly would have loved to have Halliburton. Uh, Patrick Williams on the Bulls has looked fantastic for most of this year. And then, of course, the top three in this draft ended up being great as expected. But you look after 14. There aren't a ton of guys there who you say, oh, they could have had him over Neesmith. In fact, the Celtics ended up hitting after that themselves. Sadiq Bey is probably that one guy. But again, he killed the Celtics. Overall, his season's been solid. So you can't really imagine him coming in here and blowing it up either, especially when he had a lot more uh, competition. I don't know that they missed I don't know, Bobby. I I think Celtics could use solid right about now for Neesmith. They could have. Solid would go a long way from from Neesmith in this team. But what kills you is when you miss, like, something great you know if you missed pretty good that's not going to kill you like so so you whiffed a little bit if you got a guy who was going to be seven eight nine in your rotation and that's it and the ceiling might be low level starter or sixth man that's not killing you you can find these guys other places so i'm not like i don't think danny whiffed in the sense of there were so many other good players. Again, you're hoping for what at the 14 spot? Realistically, a guy who might be able I to be a rotation play. a rotation player. That's yeah. really what you're getting there. And every once in a while, it but pops up. But the guys are out start. there that aren't. I mean, yeah. Rozier was wasn't he 14? I mean, yeah, but you I'm saying those are outliers. Position. I mean, if yeah, you look outliers. at the majority of people, who cares? You got to hit an outlier. I mean, <laughs> you got so to hit. But you got to go get a, but, a Giannis. But that's why – so to the point of where Bobby says, what do you need with these draft picks, in order to hit at 14, 15, 16, 17, you're probably going to hit one out of five of those, realistically. It's hard yeah. to hit a bunch. So that's kind of why you need them is 
One of those guys is going to be, and again, I know Halliburton was taking 12. One of those guys is going to be Halliburton or Rozier or something, like something real. And the rest are going to be okay to possibly Dang. out of the league in a couple of years because that's how those guys profile at that spot in the draft. You you find stars from time to time. You right. find them in the freaking second round. I mean, you can find stars, yeah. but those are such outliers. Realistically there, you're yeah. not – you're you're not mining for gold, so you so you've yeah. got to take a few swings at it. It sucks that he kind of missed two years in a row, but you know, again, the the one guy you look at in the draft and say maybe they should have taken a swing on this guy considering what Sadiq was available Bay. and Giannis. Well, Sadiq well, Bay. Bay would have been a four guy, <laughs> but I watch. You missed that I watch Alexis Alexis tonight. I watch Alexis Pokusevsky, John's guy, who he was mentioning going into this one, who was the great mystery in this draft. It just a only because I physical... mistakenly thought he was Greek, and he's not. He just yeah, played. he played in Greece. He just played in Greece. I didn't know anything about him. He's the, he's the other Greek freak, but that, that's the same kind of thing here. When you look back yeah, on, and this guy didn't. I'm too loud. This guy didn't have the physical pedigree of Giannis. But it's the same kind of idea there. Middle of the first round, you have a guy with great physical attributes, extremely young. He's still only yeah. 19 and changed. Oh, man. I was going to say, I do not remember you saying that. I was like, when did you call that? <laughs> no, I he threw that. his name out there because, yeah, he thought he was great. Like I said, I, you, I was like, gotcha. ooh, Greece. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> you look at what he's doing with the Thunder this year, and Neesmith isn't playing anyway. Even if this guy sat on the bench all year long, you could have looked at it and said, all right, he's 19. You can give this guy four or five years, and he might end up being something way down the line here. It could have been like a investment yeah, for the Celtics way Rose, down the line. I, I thought the Celtics didn't have patience for that, Bobby. Like, I think that's the thing. I, I thought that's the reason why they, they got a, a, a Neesmith, because they thought that off of his numbers in two years that he could produce right away. I, I don't think the Celtics wanted to sign up for a project. I mean, they essentially still have a couple of those, whether it's the one that's towards the tail end and Robert Williams or whether it's the one that's just starting off and – I don't know, Romeo Langford or whatever the case may be. I don't think they wanted that. I think they wanted someone that could, they could plug in yeah, but and produce right away. Isn't that what they say, though? They say, we draft the best talent. We bet we draft the best available, best prospect. And they said it even going into this draft. We're never drafting for need. That's not how you approach the NBA draft. And it feels like that's what they went out and did. Uh, yeah. You know, whether that was how they viewed Neesmith or not, that's how most people seemingly viewed Neesmith. He was something that filled a need that they had right now. And what's more frustrating about that is the only reason they had that need is because of mistakes that they had made coming into the year, whether it be that 2019 draft, letting Hayward go, or some of this other stuff. So you don't want to go into a draft, especially where they are as a team, and say, we're going to pick a guy who's going to contribute right away and help us out. Because you can never count on a rookie to do that, no less at 14. Well, yeah, you don't go out yeah. and see that, Bobby. I just think it's more of a – it was the two sort of went hand-in-hand in, hand in this draft. There was a whole lot of wings, a lot of uh, 3-and-D guys or a lot of, you know, uh, shooters, and he was he was projected to be the best one. He was way outside the top 10, so it, yeah. was just, it seemed ideal. But, of course, Sadiq Bay was no, also option B. Like, those two are at the top of the list, and clearly, you know, they, they, they made a decision in thinking that you know, this is the better guy. Still way too early, still, obviously, but it's easy to – It is, it is, yeah. And we up. were excited about Neesmith. I think all of us looked at the thinking there and said, all right, this is a pretty good idea based on what they do need. Uh, so I don't want to go too much revisionist history in there on how we felt about it. So I think we just kind of do have to give it time here and see what happens because they've been able to do stuff in spite of it. So it hasn't killed them. And like we said, there aren't a ton of guys you look at that came after him that they're kicking themselves about. That could still happen in time. Pokusevsky might be the next Giannis, and we go, Smith, like we did Olenek. But, 
But uh, we're not there yet. We're not even close, frankly. Pokrzewski has not played well for the Thunder this year. Yeah. Well, the Celtics uh, also didn't well, trade up. Mr. Pixel is talking right now. Sherrod, there he is. He's back. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, he was in and out for a little bit. You you were all you were all you you were all jacked up for a little bit there, buddy. I know it's it's Jimmy's fault. It's always Jimmy's fault. <laughs> yeah, um, as soon as he mentioned it, everything went up. One of the comments says disgruntled BU students are attacking your computer. You know, grades are still due, but that's another story. That's not a way. That, right. You, you do that after you get the grade, not before. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Not before. Okay. No, the, 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 thing, the, thing, about, the thing about Naismith is that when you look at the guys taking after him, Sadiq Bey is the only one that you really feel like, damn, they missed out on him. Um, yeah. Later in the draft, right. you got Desmond Bain, who's done some really good things. He was taken at the end of the first round, but... Sadiq Bey is the only one that, in hindsight, you would probably take if you could do it all over again. I'm still not ready to give up on Naismith. I think he's going to be a decent player. It's just going to take him a little time. I don't disagree. I agree. I, but I mean, I've said it a bunch of times. We made I, it. I think he needs another year. You know, he needs an offseason. He needs, he needs, you know, Maine next year. This is the hardest year to be an NBA rookie. The hardest probably in the history of the freaking game. So, yeah. you know, these guys it, had... No off season. They've had no, you know, summer league. No practice. Like they're just getting thrown in the fire. And I know, but you can tell. You can tell who exactly. There's no tournament. Like their season just ended, and then their careers just started. And it was just like a lot of these guys. You can just tell who was ready, who wasn't. Well, here's my thing. One thing with Neesmith is you don't expect consistently good performances over with somebody who's had the, the, you know this few reps and so little time to get ready for what NBA is about. But on occasion, you would like to see him look like a professional basketball player. And, yeah, and the, flashes. And he, he hasn't had enough flashes. Um, that that's the thing is sure a couple times he's knocked down a shot but most of the time everything looks sloppy and out of place and he just looks off um he just looks lost um and it just that's what worries me is like he looks like he doesn't belong most of the time you would like to see like okay that was a rookie mistake he'll do better on that next time but he just looks out of sorts almost all the time like like it's like the moment's just too big for him like really overwhelmed think, by it all so, like i said is you'd like to see one move where he just does something really nifty breaks a guy down crosses over and i know that's not his game pulls up knocks it down i was like that was good but he just right. doesn't have any of those i i like i said with, look at how much leeway we give romeo we just need to see a flash or two and be like good if there's more of that I, will be good, you know, but it's obviously not happening consistently enough, but he had a great little drive today and he goes and he elevates and he adjusts in, in the air and he lays it in and you're like, oh, I'd love to see more of that, you know, because that seems like something that's in his bag. I, I, I don't, I'm not seeing any flashes from Neesmith. So I, I, that's, that's my main concern. Who did you like in this draft, Sherrod? In this most recent draft? Yeah, where they were picking. Well, I thought they were going to take, I, I thought they were going to take, Neesmith. That's why I had in most of my mock drafts. I also like Isaiah Stewart. Um, I, that's another guy that I, I liked if they were going to go that route. Because at the time, you know, they, they didn't um, – I thought they may want to add a little bit more oomph in the front court, another banger, uh, or a shooter. And so those are the two guys that I really liked for them at where they picked. I, I have and Sadiq Bay. And, and, and Sadiq, I thought it was a kind of flip a coin between Sadiq and, and Naismith. 
uh, and Isaiah Stewart. So those three guys. I had them taking R.J. Hampton, who obviously ended up getting dealt for uh, Gordon in the end, which says mm-hmm. something there. And then Isaiah, I had Stewart as well later in the round, where they ended up picking Pritchard. And he's looked good in Detroit. He has. He's been a bruiser yeah. on the offensive boards. Nice physicality there. Pretty much what Thompson's doing. So they didn't really need it in the end, I guess. But he's looked Although he's, looked he's a little cheaper than, than Thompson. Time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's ultimately what you want to have at that big man position, frankly, is as cheap as possible for that kind of production. Uh, but yeah. Hampton's still a guy I, I, I still dream about him and what his potential is and the high school flashes that he showed athletically his ability to get on the ball and make plays going downhill. He hasn't shown anything at the NBA level, but that's another guy who's young, so early in his development. This probably would have been the draft to go after one of those guys, just considering what was going on here with this season and how you're going to be integrating these guys. Opt for some potential down the line. It looks like that would have been the best bet for them. And now Orlando gets to ride this Hampton wave, which I still think is going to be a good one out of this draft here. But flat out, we look up and down this draft, and this is what people said going in. It wasn't very good. So not too many teams came out of this draft with a great prospect that they're thrilled about, even the ones who did a little better than some of the others. Just that top three. This was essentially a three-person draft, and that's what it played out to. Yeah, real quick, I do want to mention, people, we are going to head over shortly. Uh, locker room, uh, once again, uh, we're going to jump on there. We're going to chat with you guys for a few minutes. Again, Not you know, come in, hang out with us, f- uh, flood us with whatever questions you have on this game and anything Celtics-related. Uh, once again, go to the, locker, the iOS store, uh, download the Locker Room app, uh, and uh, just jump in. Join the chat, request to speak. We'll hang out with you guys. Um, we've had a bunch of people coming in there. Uh, so, again, uh, you know, we have a ton of you commenting here uh, on the stream. We'd love to hear from you guys uh, in uh, in locker room as well. So, uh, Sherrod and I will be heading over there shortly. Uh, we're going to open up a link right now and put it in the uh, chat. So, if you guys want to come over and hang I- with us, great. Uh, we know we know Nick's rage and everybody out there. Uh, we still don't have it for Android, but the goal ultimately is to get it there. So again, we'll be we'll be uh, heading over there in a little bit. Um, I'm gonna say it for what it's yeah. worth because I don't think we've even mentioned it on the show this year. But Yamadar does exist. He's in Israel. He is a Boston Celtic. Maybe that'll happen one day. But that's all we got for now. We just we just know he's a Boston Celtic. So they, there you go for everyone freaking out about him in the chat. <laughs> people were freaking out about him? People have been talking yeah, about him all year. That's a name I haven't I haven't thought about in a while. No, not since draft night for a good reason. He's not here. <laughs> Joe Sway, tell us what just happened to you. Was there a rat? Sign First language. I can't hear. He's not it's talking. It's a big rat. Okay. Right. No, he's talking, but we can't hear he's him. He's signing. We can't hear him. He he. The the, the rat knocked out his microphone again. Um. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think he's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that's right. what that's what happened. Josue got chased by a rat. Um. He's okay. But is anyone wondering? Eight, eight, eight through the wires. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll get his audio back shortly as well. Uh, so we've got what do we got Thursday night? We got Phoenix coming in on Thursday, um, and oh, then that's gonna uh, be fun. rest. Yeah, so that's that's amazing, right? When was the last time they had three days off? Three breaks, 
All Star break. They're yeah. gonna have two days. They're gonna have two days now. Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. I mean, th- three days between games. Today's right. Monday. Yeah. Right. That's that's pretty rare. They they, they don't get that yeah, very no, that's often. Right. Great. And they're gonna need it because the Suns are you know playing like playing like one of the best teams in the NBA right now. We we talked about Chris Paul actually on locker room. Um, was it Saturday night for a little bit? Because um, there was a I don't even know how that topic came up about Chris Paul, but um, you know, he comes into town and you know, that'll be a fun one. I've always been a huge Devin Booker guy. I watched him drop 70 in Boston a few years ago. That was fun. And Kyrie got mad. And, um, no, Jay Crowder got mad. Yeah. The whole Celtics, Jay Crowder got mad. And now Jay Crowder's throwing him the ball, right? Or he was, yeah. um, <laughs> they were teammates. That happened a couple yeah. different times to Jay. So, um, yeah, seriously. Yeah, he's been around. But, um, man, the Suns are a lot of fun. I mean, Chris Paul has done, you know, done a lot for them, and I think he's really opened things up for guys like Booker and, and just that they're just a fun little team to watch out in the West, surprising everybody. Yeah, they're more than fun. They're really good. Uh, they're right up there with Utah all season long for that best record in the NBA. They score like crazy. They got awesome wing depth. They destroyed the Celtics, frankly, last time they played. Seas were a little shorthanded in that one as well. We all remember Carson Edwards started that one uh, when one of Steven's not-so-finer moves of the season. I think that was Super Bowl Sunday, right? Yeah, we went on before the Super Bowl, and we started debating uh, Bill Russell versus Tom Brady somehow. Oh, God. Don't bring that up again. That was a Nick show. Yeah. Uh, Josue's a little soft. Josue, speak up a little bit. You're coming in a little muted. How about now? Is that better? Yeah, go for it. I was just going to say, man, how about Chris Paul being like the NBA makeover guy for organizations, whether it was with the Thunder, now with the Suns. Wait, is it really that bad? Incredible. You know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, that veteran leadership, that's someone that can, you put him in a locker room and he can have everyone's attention. But, of course, everyone's got to be on the same page. And that's been the case for a lot of those uh, Phoenix Suns teams. It was just having them develop, you know, whether it was guys like Marquise Chris or, you know, they didn't know which ones were their ones, you know, Dragon Bender. But now they have the pieces. It, it was it was in place perfectly for Chris Paul to come in. And you got to give a lot of credit. You got to give yeah. a lot of credit to their, their growth to, to James Jones, their GM. For actually having the cojones to go out and get Chris Paul, uh, that's I mean to get a guy at that point in his career, uh, you had to give up a lot of assets. And I actually, I'm working on a piece for Bleacher Report actually uh, about the Suns. And I actually talked to James Jones not too long ago about just the process of getting Chris Paul. And and one of the things that people forget about with the Suns and how amazing they are this year, they ran the tables in the bubble. I mean, it's not like this team has, has yeah, yeah, just yeah. didn't have yeah, any, yeah, you know. anything to work with. Uh, they were the story so, of the bubble, and they just exactly. Yeah. So, so in many in ways, Chris Paul still has basically he's given a little extra juice to a team that was already feeling good about itself. So, uh, yeah. we is should that, be too shocked. Good so well? point. They were hot. You know what else too? And I think John, you brought this up. You know about the bubble and all the players being there. I mean. Obviously, you take notice. You, ha- you don't have a whole lot of downtime the way you, or you have too much downtime, I should say. And you're watching these games and you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, this team's got something there. And, and of course, they're having conversations. People probably must have gotten to know Devin Booker. I mean, I don't want to say that they're out there recruiting, but they didn't really have to. They just did it off their off their, uh, their play alone, you know? Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, uh, apologies, obviously. Uh, with a couple technical issues tonight. We're trying out a new uh, stream technology here. Um, so we should have kinks worked out. We've got two days. Uh, 
two days two days to work out kinks here uh i'm gonna head over to locker room now sherrod's gonna head over <laughs> as well joe sway you gotta speak way up man or you gotta get closer to the source of your audio really? because we cannot or just turn the volume up a little or turn your volume we cannot hear you at all buddy um so we're heading to locker room now so come join us um and uh and uh you know uh uh, let Bobby, Jimmy, and Joe Sway take it home. Guys, don't linger too long. Come join us in a few minutes. We're going to hang out there. Um, it, hopefully, Joe Sway's audio cleans it up here. But again, uh, Thursday, we promise we'll uh, we'll uh, that graphic will always be funny. We'll clean up some of the some of the some of the kinks. Uh, we'll At least we got that out tonight. Yeah, we'll see you guys in a bit. All right, John. We'll see you in a few minutes. See you, buddy. Yeah. All right. So if you guys are still hanging with us. We're going to work these little um, work through these like connection issues that I think we've had. I'm just checking out the chat. Everyone's like basically saying half the time if they can hear us. This was quite a debut, huh? Send us some questions um, that we'll take. We'll try to answer a few questions here before we wrap it up, and then anything we don't get to, we'll get to them over in the locker room. And um, you know, we'll hang out. We usually hang out there for a good half hour to an hour. Yeah, um, people want Yamadar talk bad. Um, I can't lie. I haven't dove into the tape like I should on Madar, but I've heard good things. I've heard he's gotten better. And in fact, I think he was trying to push out of his team at one point uh, to either get to a better team or come back to the NBA early. But the Celtics haven't had roster spot th throughout this season. Plus, usually guys that get stashed end up staying overseas for the full year. Normally, they're not integrated in midway through the season. So that's something that isn't happening this year. But I have heard good things about him. Dude, I, I literally couldn't tell you one thing about Yamadar, so we're going to move right off this topic right now. So, <laughs> like, like, so was there a rat, Joe? And honestly, not even worth he, he, he's not even worth talking about. There was a real rat at TD Garden run by Joe Sway. Approximate Joe size? Sway, Joe Sway. Yo, Joe Sway, there why you don't go. you... <laughs> The screen's not wide enough. <laughs> Bobby, can you uh, hear Joe Sway? No, I can. He's just signing stuff to us, so that's how he's gonna have to finish up the show. All we right. won't stay here Joe too Sway, long. Joe Sway, why don't? Well, no. Let me just say, we... Joe Sway, why don't you bomb out, head over from you? You might have yeah. better luck over there because I don't think any of us can hear you, anyways. So we'll say peace to you. But Daniel Tyson time right. tonight, Jimmy. How did that happen? I'm stunned in players of the past, and that's why. But, yeah, Tice deserves a shine. Why don't you they actually For sure. Going five times in this one. But overall, I thought he was solid throwing his old tricks at the Celtics, too. His three-point shot wasn't there tonight, but he, that's how the Bulls have to feel. Like, we have Vucevic. Yeah, and for, you know, one of those first couple guys off the bench. What's that? You miss him? We both think that he's going to make, um, you know, a solid amount of money. I don't 16. Yeah, that to me would be great. You know, he's he's not going to out his butt. Hit the outside shot. I mean, I'm interested in the team, and they're going to have to pay marketing. I know a couple times and be like, they sign him to a second heftier. Vucevic keeping Tice at 16 million. I think there's a role that provides they want to pay to keep around here. So he'll get a pay bump here, but that he's gone. I think he just loved Tice so much. Work out the tonight. Yeah. 